get this party started. Here's our invitation. Hey there, everybody. I am Brad. And I'm Court, and we'll be discussing the latest episode of The Legends of Tomorrow, titled Blood Ties. We both write for PureFandom.com, and we got a lot to talk about after this week's episode. You can check out some of the other articles and reviews, as well as a bunch of awesome writers over at PureFandom.com. Court, you're doing weekly recaps of Fox's new show, Lucifer, right? Among a few other things, yeah. Right, she's doing that along with some other stuff, and I got this whole Fear the Walking Dead recap coming up. that's coming up, so you can check us out over there. And Court, how can they reach us? Well, if you want to reach us, you can find me on Twitter at JenDev, and he's Brad ZB. Be sure to use the hashtag PureFandoms when talking about the show or any other show so we can chat along with you. Also, be sure to check out Pure Fandom on Facebook. Let us know what fandoms you are most interested in hearing or reading about. Again, be sure to include the hashtag PureFandoms. You can also check out our other podcast, Sci-Fi Rewind, where we talk about a bunch of different TV shows we're watching, as well as movies. We also talk a lot about the different news that's coming out, whether it's TV shows or movies we're looking forward to. Tonight, though, we're focused totally on Legends of Tomorrow, so let's jump in with it. The most recent episode was titled Blood Ties, and that was Season 1, Episode 3. Directed Dermot Downs, writer Greg Berlanti, who developed it, and Chris Fadak. And the synopsis for it was, Rip decides to weaken Vandal Savage by going after his financial assets. Rip and Sarah infiltrate Savage's bank, but are discovered by his men. Meanwhile, Snart and Rory talk Jackson into taking the Wave Rider back to Central City so they can steal a valuable emerald. Professor Stein guides Ray on a dangerous mission, and it does involve Kendra, so everybody's involved somehow, some way. Even though she's just hanging out for half the episode in a coma again. Well, she she does some very valuable things and tells them things that are happening later with Carter, even though Carter's dead. Yes, there's that. Uh, we, we have a history lesson for this week. Yes, we do. Since they went to the bank. You care to tell us about that? Yes. Uh, this week's history lesson is based on Banca Monte del Pici di Siena. And that is the oldest surviving bank in the world, in Italy's third largest bank. It was founded in 1472 by the magistrate of the city-state of Siena, Italy, as a mount of piety. It has been operating ever since. That's a long time. 544 the- years for a bank. That's insane. Uh, that, that's a bank that Vandal Savage would have an account in. Truly. Like, he's had an account there, there since they opened. While. Like, yes. he founded the bank. He founded the bank. Uh, yeah. One of many banks that he founded. That one just yeah. shark around. True story. So a lot of stuff going on in this episode. We kind of had a lot going on with Honey, I Shrunk the Ray. See, so you went with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I was more inner space. Dennis Quaid. It all works. It's all the same thing. I, I've seen the movie before. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Stein and Ray were going at it with Stein as a cheerleader uh, for the whole Ray experiment into the bloodstream of Kendra. Inner space. Yes. He was helping guide. It was great. And nothing like telling Ray that he wasn't that he is important, even though he didn't remember him in class. See, I went back and forth during the entire episode, thinking he didn't. He, he remembers him. He's just playing around. But like he said, he had a lot of an exceptional people at, at his class, and you know, this time Ray is more exceptional than he was then. So it kind of helped with Ray to start growing on me. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying the character a lot more than I'd been. I mean, I didn't hate him, but he didn't stand out for me at all. Right. It was like we said before we started watching this. What's Ray? Ray's just, he's the guy in the suit. I don't, I'm not really sure 
it's working with me. It's a little bit better. Stein's a good cheerleader. He's good good to go. He's got it going on. Um, he helped guide. It, I just loved a lot of the little parts on that. You know, because how else do you blow up uh, little fragments of daggers in a bloodstream? Well, you practice first. Looks like all those years of playing asteroids is about to pay off. See, there you go. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines. <laughs> Another person who was on the show but didn't really have that much of a breakout role this week would be Jax. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he, he was on the ship. He was working at stuff. At the end where they broke into the fight, man, he was kicking it. He was beating the crap out of some people. So he can seriously stand his own ground by himself. This is true. And he's also there, Mr. Fix-It. Now, every ship needs a mechanic, and, you know, he's it for the wave raider. Yes, he. Somebody yeah. has to fix it. He's there, Kaylee. He's, he's there, Kaylee, and she'll be on at some point in time. So we'll really just see how that works out. Yeah, she'll give him some tips. I don't think she's going to be a mechanic on the show, but we're just saying she but, can still give him some tips. Well, this is true. They did set it up so that Jax knows how to fly if he needs to, which is mm-hmm. not anybody else. I'm sure that somebody could have figured it out, but it fit his role. Yeah, it gave him something to do. Right. Everybody else has something going on. He really didn't. Yeah. Like, they're the fighter and the negotiator, and he's a part of Firestorm, which is important. But when he's not a part of Firestorm, what else are you going to be doing besides fixing things? And and he's just, he didn't have any, like, Stein's, when Stein's not a part of Firestorm, he's at least, you know, has the mind behind it. Yeah. Jax was just trying to play football. Yeah, true. (laughs) So... The mechanic was his fallback on, and yeah. that was so, so he's useful. Yeah, we need to give him something to do. Yeah, and you know everybody else just steals things. Rory next, give Rory something to do next. Rory had some stuff to go. He was, I, I just need him to get more. I need more background right, for him. Right, right. <laughs> uh, Litter goes back in time to try to help himself be less of a villain by giving him the advice of always look out for yourself. This is pretty much what he's always lived by. However, his father did happen to catch him up on a little slip of the tongue and hinting that he was uh, he was from the future when mentioning his younger sister. He's like, what younger sister? Yes. Uh, Brad, I am really, really, really confused why Leonard wants to help his father. Now, most people who don't or who didn't see the Flash, see him in the Flash, mm-hmm. they won't understand any of this. Like, they're just going with it. Oh, he wanted to go back and help his father and help him be a better person. But you and I, we saw him on the Flash. And we know Leonard hates his father. Right. So why is he making all these changes to the timeline? He's going to mess up Golden Glider possibly ever being born. Like, I don't understand. They're killing me with the messing with time and not caring what they're doing. Right. Uh, Leonard's father, grown up in on The Flash, was played by Michael Ironside, one of my favorite all-time actors. Me, too. He was just, he was just great. And he played the role perfectly. But Leonard said this... He said that his father wasn't a bad man until he went to prison. And that's when he started hitting everybody when he got out. So, going back in time and stealing the jewel. There will be a ripple of some sort. But then it goes back to the point of of time still correcting itself. Mm -hmm. As in, set points in time are already set and you can't mess with those. Mm -hmm. Leonard giving his father the jewel doesn't mean that he won't get arrested and charged and thus still going to jail. Mm-hmm. Leonard said, if I go downstairs, I'm going to find blueprints for the heist. It would be easy to imagine that the police might have already had an idea about him, so they could come search the house and find the plans 
and the jewel, and Daddy still goes off to jail, right? Mm-hmm. And as a result, he comes back and he's a pain to the kids, and maybe that's why he's beating on the kids because. You know, he figured out Leonard comes back later on and it causes him to get arrested. And just like Rip is fixing the, the little ripples, rip the rip the rippler and the ripplets, <laughs> rip it, the ripettes, time <laughs> fixes these ripples that would cause major changes in the timeline, just like Final Destination. You can't cheat death. It's going to get you. Which then leads me to the question of, will anything they do actually make a difference? Well, remember last week when they made the change, when Ray's piece of his his uh, piece of his uh, costume came off, like Savage was able to find that mm-hmm. and use that piece of technology to kind of take over sooner. And Central City, as they knew it in 2016, was destroyed. So clearly, stuff they do does have some kind of ripple effect. And yeah, Final Destination, things will get fixed so that they can go back to how they were supposed to be. But if they make changes like certain things like certain set points where it won't go back to where it can be you can't fix it from that right but i don't vandal didn't get any really good uh uh, data from that piece of jay's suit right now because they were able to fix it right but previously after he had gotten that piece from um the suit like they they saw the future like Gideon showed the future um Mm. from rip and rip was like this is what central city looks like now and we did this Right, so they can change that major part, but that ha- right. that hadn't really been set. Uh, right now, they they fix they fix whatever the problem was. They were able to get that part back and fix it. Kind of like when um, Rip fixed the problem with Stein's wife. Exactly, exactly. So, um, I want to talk about deal breakers, Brad. Okay. Um, things that are really, really irking me and taking away enjoyment of the show. Uh, besides Terminator and maybe Sliders, I can't think of any show or movie that has had main characters with such a flagrant disregard for the ripples in time and possibly changing too much. Like, seriously, what the hell, people? Like, where's the line? Right, exactly. Well, I don't know if Sliders counts because they always want the different worlds. Of the different I know, range. I know. But anyhow... Uh, <laughs> Back to the Future should be required watching before any trip through time and space. Mm -hmm. As soon as they stepped onto the ship, Gideon should have said, you need to come watch this movie now. (laughs) Yeah, if you're not going to listen to Rip, listen to Gideon. Listen to watch this movie, figure it out, see what George does wrong, work with it. We'll see what Marty does wrong and work with it. Yeah. Um, Clearly, and again, my same problem from last week. Martin Stein is a scientist. Like, if any of them don't get it, he right. should get it more than any yeah. of them. And I, I still think this is a problem why the Time Masters don't like Rip <laughs> because he screws things up. He does. And He's not very good, is he? No, and I'm. It still I'm, makes me still wonder if Snart's little time travel experiment will do anything to change the future. I don't think it will, and you know. Like the Englishman said. The Englishman says it takes time for time to change. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. I mean, very well, like two episodes from now, Leonard could be different. Well, I think I I saw an article recently where it said that his character is not going to change too much. He's still going to be that shady character. He's not going to be all good, but he's not going to be all bad either. And he was never all bad. Right. He was, yeah, I always said that before. He was never bad. He was just a criminal who liked what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it, that's how it went on for him. So yeah. let's talk about Sarah's bloodlust a little bit. Yeah, this was introducing people who hadn't seen Arrow to the effects of the Lazarus Pit. 
anybody who hadn't seen Thea Queen or uh, Sarah after she came out of the Lazarus pit, one of the side effects is when you come back from the dead, like you want to kill everything. And you don't get rid of that bloodlust until you somebody dies, basically. Mm-hmm. And so you just keep getting angrier and angrier and more violent until you know you, you've killed and until that's done. And so that's one of the good things about Sarah being on that team is that she can assuage the um, the bloodlust every now and again because there's always going to be shady characters who can be in her way. But um, the bad part of it of it is that she thinks she's a monster and she's totally not a monster. Well, she she hasn't really figured all that stuff out yet, and she yeah. has control. And you could see that. Well, you didn't see it at the beginning because, you know, who brings a knife to a sword fight? Sarah does. You tool, get out of my way. Let me beat you up. And she takes everybody down, which is, you know, because she's so, she noticed everything when they were going into the the bank. Yeah, and that was her league training. Yeah. Rip didn't notice anything at all, but, you know, she's like, we have a problem. Yes, I know none of Savage's funds are in this bank. I'm working on locating this vessel, but I'm not sure if I'll do so before our new friend returns. To kill us. The receptionist had a silence beretta under her desk. The guards, South African mercenaries. You can tell by the initiation burns on their neck. And our new friend here has calluses on his right hand, consistent with being a Kuroda-trained swordsman. How do you know? Because I have the same calluses, which means they've probably figured out that we are not Rockefellers who just came into their inheritance. And she caught all that just by walking in. Yeah. and Like, she, that's her training. She takes it to him, wipes them all out. But her bloodlust did take over for a bit there where she was killing everybody off except Sword Guy. And that worked for their advantage. Right. Like, that's one of the reasons why he took her and made her part of the team. Mm-hmm. But there's also the point where she got into the second fight scene at the end mm-hmm. where... I honestly thought she was just stabbing the crap out of that guy for a second. And then I noticed yeah. she got that he looked up and she was stabbing the floor, not the guy controlling yeah. the bloodlust. Yeah. So she's coming into her own a little bit better. She knows she has to deal with everybody and play as a team. Mm-hmm. I understand that they had a little bit on arrow to deal with the bloodlust. Well, it's, it's still the same effect basically. Right. And Thea is still dealing with hers. But the, what was happening with hers is her father was sending her assassins so that she would she would kill them, and that's how she would assuage her, her bloodlust. Oh, okay, okay. So th- there's no cure for it, really. Well, actually, there is a cure. If um, Sarah wanted to get rid of her bloodlust, she'd have to kill the person who killed her, so she would have to go kill Thea Queen. Well, yeah, that may not be easy. Yeah, and like that's not something she really wants to do. So we had the return of Carter. I don't do that. Oh. <laughs> okay go ahead he had some good acting in this movie in this episode yeah he was he, you know no we find out that working for vandal savage does have a nice perk not only do you get a good 401k um good retirement benefits and everything else you also get a couple extra hundred years put onto your lifespan for your service not worth it no no too culty not worth <laughs> too, it too culty you just have to, you know, every so often you have to get all dressed up, drink a little blood, do the thing. How did Kendra know that they were in trouble? Well, she and Carter still have some kind of link, even if he's dead. Like, it's their, it's their soulmate bond. I'm not, I'm not sure how. I guess maybe from the essence of who Carter is. Okay. And Vandal 
has Carter's essence in him right now. So, and possession of the bodies. Yeah, well, I guess that there was still something lingering so that even though Carter's dead, she still had that bond with him so she could feel something really bad happening, not only to him, but to Sarah and Rip as well. So she was able to get the team there. She had a low jack on Carter, basically. Basically, like she all she'll always know where he is, kind of, sort of like that's the way that Carter found her back when she was on the flash and didn't know who he was. Like he was able to kind of sense where she was as she was slowly coming into her hawkness. Right. (laughs) Her hawkness. Her hawkness. Which makes you wonder when they go to the other time zones, will she latch on to another Carter? I don't think so. Well, if, if that happens, I think it will be because his hawk girl is already gone. This could happen. I, don't I, I know. need well, that I to happen. It, like, I, I need them to have a hawk, hawk man, even though they changed the poster this week. Did you see the new poster? Yes, I saw the new poster. No hawk man. Ray is the biggest one of the whole entire thing. Yeah, because I'm thinking he's supposed to be the front man, maybe. Mm-hmm. He has the most honorable intentions it, something. of I'm not all. really sure. He's there. Yeah. Um, and if I said Jay before, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might have. <laughs> Jay, Ray, it's, you know, one of those things. The Adam. It's this thing about the show or all these crossovers. There's Jay so Eric. Well, I think that's the point. Just think about there's so many crossovers and there's so many characters on the show. I'm like, uh, who's Sam am I talking about? Yeah. So Vandal doesn't have an issue defeating the team. Not at all. You know, I have people that will come through the gates of hell for me. Oh yeah, we do too. That well, was a cool scene. It was the fight scene was great, but I'm also curious what was Vandal going to do with Carter's body? He was going to eat him up. The whole and thing? Eat them with fava beans. Fava beans. Uh, mm-hmm. See what you did there. Yeah. I guess Vandal wouldn't know where Carter's body is once he's buried because he doesn't really have a big connection to him then. Yeah, I don't think so. And the team buried him out in the no- middle of nowhere. And I can't see that he needs the body anymore. He got what he needed. He had the essence. And the blood was mostly for his people. Right. And I'm pretty sure he has way more people than that at his back. Like if those people die. Mm-hmm. And he's counting on somehow finding Kendra. And then there's a the fact that that Kendra and that Carter were out of time. So that he still has a Kendra and Carter somewhere that he can get to within that hundred years. Yeah. So there's going to be, there should be another one in that era. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if not, if not grown yet, but ha- have already been born and slowly growing up and soon right. to be Hawkman and Hawk Girl. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause it was 75. I guess their current selves. Well, oh, their current selves may not have been born just yet. 75. I yeah, I don't know how old she was supposed to be. She looked like she's in her 20s. So, yeah, no. So she would have been born in the 90s. Yes. So there there could have been another one around that we don't know about. Yeah, so kid. Like kid and then somewhere between 75 and the 90s, like Vandal gets to them again. So I'm pretty sure there was another Carter and... um, I keep saying Carter. Another... Shayara and Khufu around. It's okay. I keep saying Jay every so often instead of Ray. <laughs> uh, I was not happy that his gravestone said Carter. Yeah, it's like, hey, look, I'm Hawk Dude right here. Yeah. There's well, where I am. It, it, it could have said Hawkman or Khufu. So, but it, I'm, I'm surprised. It could have said Carter Hall or something. I don't know. Was her son? Did her son have a, a gravestone? I we never found out. I completely forgot about. We them. just kind of took your son two and graves, them. and I was like, "Wait a minute, who's in the second grave?" And I started counting people. Right? Yeah, I don't know. We never found out. So yeah, mm, hard to tell. That was sad. Yep. Vandal, I thought the actress mm-hmm. did a really good job, though. Oh, I do. I agree with you. Really good. Yeah. 
Vandal thinks that he's a god and believes he, uh, it's a plus to have a group of minions that believe in him. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I think being immortal can drive you a little on the crazy side. Totally. But his command of the people is worth more than money ever could. I would have to say we had a few close-ups and on some minor minions, right? Mm-hmm. And I am going to say that Sword Guy, we will probably see him later, along with uh, skinny, creepy-looking guy. Yeah, like I'm, I'm thinking that Sarah's going to wish that she killed him. Right, and they're going to come back because it was given up that they can live an extra hundred years, so that yeah. puts them into the time frame. And Rip was responsible for the death of his wife and child because he did not read the handbook. The time travel handbook? Yes. Well, no, no, because he didn't go back to kill Vandal Savage until after his wife and child died. Right, but then again he says, my wife and child's name, hey... <laughs> Yeah, like, why do you keep doing that? Here's your address. Somebody else did that, too. Who who else told the name? Did Ray do that? No. Somebody else said who their name was. Uh, I'd have to look that out. Okay, I don't remember that. Roger's off of my head. Yeah, like, I'm with you. Like, why would you say your name? Or you didn't say your name, but you're going to say what your wife and child's name was. Right, yeah. It rips like, here's your address. Here's their Facebook account. Hit them up on Twitter. They're here. You can find them. There, there you are. Yeah, but yeah. I like that he was the boogeyman. Right. Yeah, that that actually worked out pretty well. Yeah. Okay, so that's about it for the episode. Uh, Want to go into favorite parts? Yeah. What was your favorite part? My favorite part was Leonard going back to see himself as a kid and giving the advice because okay. he was kind of teary eyed about it. That was cool. I was looking at something recently, and somebody pointed out the fact that the. The little kid had brown eyes, and our Leonard Snart has blue eyes. I saw that, but I wasn't going to say anything about it. I was just going to let it go. Because so is sometimes, our Leonard uh, wearing uh, contacts, or did something happen right. to him, and he all of a sudden has blue eyes? Is it part of the cold thing? With Could the, be. That, Could see, be. That, that, I kind of went with that. But then again, you also tell me to leave things alone sometimes and don't pay that much attention to shows. All right, so you're going to make me leave that one alone? I'm just leaving it there. I'm just going there. All right, all right. Um, I was very much enjoying Rip and Sarah's Mr. and Mrs. Smith routine during this episode. Uh, Rip and Sarah's interaction was definitely the highlight of the episode episode for me. It was good to see Rip involved in the action instead of pouting on the ship. Um, Basically, all of Sarah and Rip's interaction this episode just was awesome. They play off each other very well, and I loved all their lines. Like When they were all dressed up in their 70s gear and heading to the bank, that was awesome. Oh, that yes. was really perfect. And like you said, with the fight scene, the way she was seeing all the stuff, mm-hmm. uh, the old school computers. Right. Like, I forgot they had computers in the 70s, Brad. Like, I remember the whole super monster computer that, like, takes up a whole room. But they had, like, a personal computer in the 70s. Yeah, I'm kind of curious on that one. That was, I don't know. That may have been a little early. Well, I'd have to go back and double do some double checking on that because that looked like a, that, that thing was moving pretty fast, so. Also great, Ray going all inner space on Kendra's insides and him getting really into it with the Asteroids comment that you played earlier. Mm-hmm. So apparently, apparently I really, really like this episode. Oh, I, I thought you did. Yeah, there's a lot you had on there. Uh, yeah. Lee's favorite part? Mine was Jack's just playing chauffeur. Mm-hmm. He did show he can fight on his own, but that was that. I mean, he had a lot. My other least favorite was, you know, the Time Master giving up the names of his family. Seriously. Yeah. Handbook. Really. There's, it's 
I think it's going to be a challenge with all the characters on the show and dealing with them. Mm-hmm. So Jax really didn't do all that much in this character and Kinder Rose and Coma also the entire episode. So I think we're going to have some episodes that do that stuff. We're like, yeah. we're going to have to, you, we're going to have to leave some characters behind. Yeah. Let them do something and focus more on these two groups of characters. Yeah. Like for me, I'm, I'm with you and Agreed. Not every character will get to have equal time each week. Somebody's going to feel left out and not really fleshed out. But for me, what I need them to do is stop sending everybody on three different missions that have nothing to do with anything or the other. Like if they have a mission, make it the mission for the episode and just do that. Everybody work together and each have their assignment, but work towards that. It just, it feels really just disjointed when they don't do it as a team and this really felt like the third hour of um, of the pilot, if you if you know what I mean. Oh, yes, I where agree they were that. still trying to figure out how to be a team. Mm-hmm. Like I need them to pull their ish together tomorrow, people. Um, rip and his ripettes, as you said, yes. and like get it together. Come on, rip and ripettes. Yeah, great lines that you liked. Yeah, one one exchange that I really loved uh, was Ray and Stein. How does Jax put up with having you in his head? And Stein was like, I believe he finds my presence very comforting. <laughs> and Ray was like, I highly doubt that. I Yeah, I totally agree with you. That one was great. I, I forgot to get that sound bite for you. Yeah. And like I said, I, complete, I kept going back and forth trying to figure out whether or not Stein remembered him or not. Mm-hmm. And um, then there was the eyes wide shut comment. Right. This one. Well, this is different. I didn't have you pegged as the eyes wide shut type. And, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie Eyes Wide Shut, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's a hint of things to come in that movie. Yeah. So um, one last thing I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Rip has that cathartic moment where he's able to kill Savage. And I was very happy for him. But I'm like, okay, why don't you take the body to Kendra and let her finish him off? Right, right. I know, right? Just She could still be in coma. Just stab yeah. you a little bit. There. Yeah. And some people like, um, but she doesn't have the knife because I guess they lost the knife uh, in the last episode when Carter died. Oh, that's right. So, but didn't he have it with him? I thought he had it. He yeah, had something that shot fire and flame. Yeah, lameo lines, lines. I need them to stop having. Um, right. It was funny. Men of still die and dark nights fall. I'm Batman. <laughs> and then when Blake tells Sarah that she brought a knife to a sword fight, that was the best thing ever. I love like, that because she like, didn't. stop it. Just I was actually, it. Uh, you know, live tweeting that one at the you, time. You enjoyed that. I did enjoy that. <laughs> okay. So but looking yeah. forward to 1986. I wonder what we're going to get in 1986. Parachute pants and um, neon. What are parachute pants? I'm looking forward to 1986. MC Hammer pants. Yeah. I'm li- I, ha- I had some. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Much, yeah. During Too my breakdancing phase. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying all. Well, I'm looking forward to 1986. Are there pictures? I think there might be. Okay. I want to see them. That, there's pictures of me in my goth phase with my hair all, you know. I totally want to see that. Those are awesome. So anyhow, if you aren't already there, head on over to purefandom.com and check out some of the other killer articles posted there. We both have a lot of different articles there, and there are tons of other killer writers on the site filling up with amazing fandom articles. Lots of killers. Uh, We'll be doing this podcast every week, so please be sure to let us know what you thought of an episode. Again, hit us up on the Pure Fandom Facebook page or tweet out with hashtag Pure Fandoms. We want to hear from you. You can also leave a comment below this post. And if you have a favorite moment from this week's episode, hit us up in the section below. Let us know. 
Till then, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. It's the size of an iceberg. It seems highly unlikely that you could miss it. <laughs> That's probably what they said on the Titanic. 